0: And Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, fellow investors, boys and girls, my LLs, my Lubari listeners, to another amazing episode of the Lubari Real Estate Podcast, where we talk about real estate, give you great advice, and help you along your journey. I am your host and owner, Jason Lubari-Olds, and today we have a special guest joining us on the podcast today, Antoinette Brock. Um, Antoinette, would you mind go ahead and introducing yourself and giving the audience a little background about you and what you do?
1: Hi, my name is Antoinette Brock. I currently live in the Atlanta area. I am a realtor, I've been a realtor since 2021, and I absolutely love it. Um, helping people find their dream home and build wealth as families and individuals. And that's a little bit about me, and I'll discuss more as we continue in the conversation.
0: All right. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Antoinette. Now, um, before we get into the questions, um, I do want to ask what about real estate or what you do in real estate do do you love?
1: I love more than anything. I love the independence of it that I'm able to step away from a nine to five. But I do still work. Um, part-time, but it allows me to have a lot of independence and just feel wealth and help other people do the same thing. I mean I work with first-time home buyers as well as investors. So I'm just all over the place and work with people that whatever their dream is, what they're trying to do with real estate, I'm I try my best to be available for that. So I love that part of it.
0: That is absolutely incredible. You know, it is it's great to have, you know, that that sense of freedom that comes along with you know doing doing what you love. So mm-hmm. I I admire that and and I love what you're doing. Yeah. All right. So without further ado, let's hop right into it. Okay. So okay. The first question I have for you today is um given given the the up the the upcoming the up, excuse me the upcoming market conditions as we all know the fed did announce that they will be making mark uh, excuse me that they will be making rate cuts in 2024 so with that being said how will the upcoming fed rate cuts impact mortgages and what advice do you have for home buyers
1: okay well first of all um, a lot of people think that whenever the fed rates go up or down that automatically cuts the mortgage interest rates, but that doesn't necessarily go that way all the time, but it does trend with a 10 year expected market view from the um, treasury. So I do expect the mortgage rates to go down and possibly not so much that it will get back to the 2021, 20, 2020 rates, but it will. I do expect it to go down. And in my advice to home buyers, first time home buyers is to prepare because there's never a bad time to buy property in my opinion but you prepare according to what the market is at the time just be prepared you know you don't still need the same percentage down payment most of the time but just get prepared and it would be a better time to invest if you are able to into any type of property whether it's your home or rental property because if the rates are lower but there's never a bad time to invest in real estate in my opinion one way or the other
0: Absolutely, one hundred percent true. Like the best time to invest in real estate was yesterday. The next yes. best time is today. Right now. So exactly, right now. So so, how do how 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 would a home buyer or an investor prepare for for buying a new home or or buying an investment? What what are some ways that that they can do that?
1: Well. Yeah. I work mostly with buyers. I have done work with some of that. But one thing I tell my buyers is check your credit report. Make sure that your credit, if you're looking to buy a home and you're going to do financing of any type, make sure your credit is intact and make sure there are no surprises there. It's not always that you did something bad and you have to fix it. Sometimes there's something there that's not legit, not correct. So you need to make sure that you check your credit report bill and start building up a down payment as much as possible. I, and I don't like to tell people to, change their lifestyle but there's always something there that you can put to the side you know what you want and what your goals are so say hey i want to look to buy a home in six months this is what i need if i want to if i qualify for this amount of house this is how much down payment i need let me put a little bit aside in each paycheck however you want to do that but that's the main two things is to check your credit report make sure your credit score is up to par and there are no surprises and build up a down payment and start surveying the area i mean it's, you can always look at home no matter what. Just go, You don't have to be buying at the time, but go out and start seeing what's out there. So you get an idea of what you want, because sometimes we think we know what we want. And then we go to a house and say, oh, no, I need this or I don't care if I have this. It's not a priority where you thought it was a priority. So just go out and survey the market. And you don't always have to ha- have someone with you. Just go look. It's not a problem. Go to open houses. Just pop up.
0: All right. Yeah. You know, it's all it's all about the feeling. Like, like you said, you don't know you think you you think you want something until you actually get there and then you see it and then you feel it. And you kind of picture yourself there and it's like, no, this, this isn't what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, as far as like credit scores goes and and um down payments, what specific range do you recommend your credit score to be in? And what is there a certain amount that that Home buyers should usually save up or a certain percentage for the down payment?
1: With down payment depends on which route you want to go. If they're planning to do FHA, it's still the standard 3.5% and credit score for FHA is 580. So it's very flexible with that, but that is not always the best interest rate when it comes to finances. It it never is the best interest rate, I should say. (laughs) But then if you want to do a more conventional mortgage, most conventional lenders require a 620 or higher, but for the best interest rate, you're looking at a 680 or higher. And you would need at least most, well, some conventional mortgages go as low as 5%, even lower sometimes, but in order to not have to worry about the PMI, you have to put at least 20% down. So it just depends on what you have, what budget you're working with, because you also have to take into account when you talk about down payment is, Whatever you you obviously know, whatever you put a down payment on, you don't finance. So you look have to look at your big picture, and say, this is how much I can afford to pay each month. So if I want this caliber of house, I need to put this much down. But the absolute minimum would be the three and a half percent if you're going FHA with financing.
0: I hope you guys out there are are paying attention and taking notes because Antoinette is dropping some golden nuggets here so you guys you guys better pull out that pen and paper if you haven't already okay um question number two so how do you foresee everything coming in the market affecting the affordability of homes for first-time buyers
1: i think that it will get to a place where it will get back to where it's more affordable than renting because for a while it was not that big of a difference between renting versus buying. Even though it's always good to buy, it just wasn't enough of a difference that if you did not have the down payment already saved, that you could jump out and do it. But now I think that as the market changes, that'll it be a better time for that first time home buyer because it will be a significant difference between the rental market rate and home buying rate as far as your monthly obligation. So, and that's always a big deal even though it's best to own. It, that, that is something, I mean, we've got to be realistic. If I'm paying $1,700 for my rent and then the cheapest mortgage would be $2,200, that may not be feasible. But now I think as the market shifts, it's going to go back to the more traditional way where it's a little bit less to own a home than to rent one.
0: Okay, absolutely. And, and speaking of the market shifts, um, once it does... Um, do you think there's going to be like a, a race to buy up all these homes? And and if so, do you how how do you think that would affect the affordability as well?
1: I think yes and no. Some of the homes, I, I will say that there's going to be a more of a race for I think, honestly, it's going to be a more of a race for investment homes now because there are more people there. They can go a little bit more with their um, funding because for a while there, they had actually, this past year, I will say corporate investors slowed down, whereas the two two years before they were buying everything up because of the way the um, prices were and the rates were. So I think that interest, because if the interest rates do drop that there are gonna be more investors and I'm not talking about necessarily corporate investors, but more small people, smaller investors, even individuals or smaller companies that will be going and buy houses. As far as, Home buyers, first time home, I I don't think that's going to shift the market as far as making it more, the prices increase too much because of there's a race for it. Because there's also a lot more new homes on the market now, which I think is, in my opinion right now, especially with the way things are going, maybe a better option for first time home buyers. I'll explain that a little bit later in one of the questions.
0: Okay, sounds good. All right, then um, let's move on to question number three. Mm-hmm. So are there any specific types of properties that you believe will experience a more significant impact than than other types of properties in the market?
1: I think um, a big impact will be in multifamily homes. And I'm saying things not necessarily apartments, condos, but duplexes, um, quads, um, even townhomes, because those are realistic investment properties for individuals. And I think when the when the rate changes, that people will be able, they'll say, they'll go back to you know the old school way of I'm gonna buy this duplex and I'm gonna stay in this one while I rent out the other side to build up and then I'll buy my own home. Because it's gonna be a lot more affordable overall to do that in the coming months, I believe.
0: Ooh, I like that. I like that. Duplexes, and um, does that also extend to, like, triplexes and quadruplexes? Yeah, that's I'm saying. Well? like the
1: quad and tri... I think those are going to really have an uptick in the market as things shift.
0: That is awesome. And I, I love townhomes as well. The townhomes are, are like, pretty cool to me. It's like living yeah. in an apartment but not living in an apartment at the same time.
1: Yeah, so. But, yeah, that's... I mean, I'm not... Uh, Expert, expert, but that's just what I've seen. I really believe that may be the new trend.
0: Okay. All right. That is awesome. Uh, So, next question What key factors should investors be aware of when deciding between long term and short term rentals?
1: I think the biggest thing is going to be, and this for both of them, big factors are going to be insurance. Because I just looking, I'm licensed in Florida and Georgia, and I know that these states insurance has gone up so much. And when you're talking about investment properties or rentals, especially in Florida, it's like it's almost unaffordable for the owner with insurance. So that's going to be a big fact that you have to take into account to make sure that it's worth it for you with the insurance and what you want to have covered because you don't want to not be to be insured, but you want to make sure you're doing the right coverage and the right for your for your profitability. You want to make sure that you're investing in property that even with those, because that's a big thing that a lot of people don't think about when they first start investing is that mm-hmm. insurance factor.
0: Oh yeah, oh definitely. And Florida, well, first of all, Florida is always <laughs> been its own thing, and we already know that. Uh, but yeah, the insurance in Florida has has gone absolutely crazy. I've I mean, even it's heard hard to
1: even be insured sometimes now.
0: Yeah, and I've even heard of I think uh, like a couple major insurance companies just completely just pulling, pulling out, out of Florida. Yeah, yeah that's ridiculous. Yeah, so
1: and I, I mean I know that like, people know Florida like you said it's own thing, but I'm licensed in Florida, so I just always throw that out there to people because I do work with people that hey, make sure you're taking that into account. Even with um first with home buyers, they've I've had clients where they've been approved for a certain amount, but then when it comes down to their insurance things added into it, they say, Well, you have to go down on what you're looking at because you won't be able to afford the mortgage with the insurance costs. So that's something that we have to always take into consideration too.
0: Mm, absolutely. Because that, that homeowner's insurance, it, it can get costly depending on, like, the type of coverage that mm-hmm. that, that you require. But also, on the flip side, what, what about renter's insurance?
1: <laughs> that is, that's a tricky one. It's like one of those things, you know, you tell investors, they'll say, oh, it's required. But then you still have to have a certain coverage for yourself, even if you require a renter to carry insurance. Because, in the end, you want to make sure that you're not losing out.
0: Yes, absolutely. That's that's rule number one of investing. Never lose money. Rule right. number two is see rule number one.
1: Yes. It's, it's like that's the thing. I don't care what I'm doing. I need to make sure that it's always profitable. It may not be as profitable as, if, as it was the last time, but I can't go backwards.
0: Exactly. We can only keep moving forward. So Mm -hmm. we got to we got to make sure that we are covered on both ends. So to to you investors out there, make sure that you have the proper coverage that that covers your investment so that you are safe and and your money is safe in case the worst situation was to happen. Mm -hmm. And to you renters out there, make sure that you are covered in your end by actually getting renters insurance.
1: So yes. that way, if
0: anything happens, you're also covered. And it's not just the the owner recouping on their loss. Still, right, you're you able want your property well. covered. Exactly. And that's going to bring us to our next question. So how do you advise homebuyers to approach negotiations in the current market and then also in in the future market?
1: In the current market, that was what I was going to lead to as far as, and this is going to apply to the future market as well, but that new home, new construction with home buyers, I think that that is your best bet with any negotiations right now because people selling their home are still holding out. They're saying, no, I can get someone that's going to take it as is because nobody wants to pay $2,200 for a two-bedroom apartment, so they'll get this house. With new construction, there are so many incentives and you have so you can negotiate upfront with so many things. Like I tell my clients when it comes to new construction, not not always with individual, but with new construction, the worst they can do is say no, because they're gonna sell you the house anyway. They may say you ask asking for um, updated quartz countertop. They may say, no, we're not offering that, but they're not gonna pull out a deal with you. So you open for any negotiations almost with a new home with new construction
0: with the um builders. Ooh, that that's, that's another gold nugget right there. So so, so with new can with new construction, can you negotiate directly with the builders?
1: Yes, you're talking um you you need an agent. Because if you go in there without an agent, they're gonna have you talk to just the person that's at the desk. They're their agent. They're gonna tell you, oh, this is what we offer and that's it. But if you have an agent you, they go in and they can negotiate for you. And they I have not had any deal fall through because of something that my client asked for. All they may say is, no, we can't do that, but we can do this or would you like this instead? But I've never had them say, no, we're not doing a deal because you asked for something ridiculous.
0: Ah, OK. So, oh, and I got a bonus question for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, so go right ahead.
0: can you go right. ahead and tell us what are the benefits of of having an agent versus doing it yourself
1: the benefits are if you're buying if if you're not an expert and i'm not saying that all agents are experts but you want someone that's speaking on your behalf that knows the language and that the other person is willing to talk to you it's not like if you go to court and you speak on your behalf, the judge will listen to you. But if you aren't saying the words that they're used to hearing, like the the lawyer knows those words, you're less likely to get the full result that you're looking for. If, and that's a big, that's one of the largest benefits, I believe, just like any other field, if they're expert in that field, you want the benefit of the full benefit of what you're trying to do. And sometimes you have to have someone else speak on your behalf. Because they're the expert in that field.
0: Ooh, and and what are what are some of the pitfalls that that you can avoid by by hiring an agent?
1: One of the pitfalls is losing out on money by putting with earnest money and things like that that you give the other people, the other the seller to even do the contract because you know a lot of sellers require you to give an earnest money and typically it's between 2 and 10 percent depending on the market at the time so and I've seen a lot of people they go in they do the earnest money which is typical that's not a bad thing but they do it and then something changes in the contract and they don't know how to say no that's not an original contract without losing out on their earnest money so people they'll say well we're gonna cancel the deal and the amount of buyer has lost their earnest money because the seller said that they defaulted on the contract because it's something that they didn't understand. That's the biggest thing you're gonna you can lose money if you default on something that you don't know. Because ninety nine percent of sellers always have an agent. Very few people list their property for sale on their own unless they know someone that's an agent or something. But there's very few people. Ninety nine percent of people have an agent when they're selling their property. So even though it seems like you're talking to that individual, they're talking through their agent. Their agent is talking to them and telling them what to say and what not to say.
0: Oh, now see, look, that is another gold nugget right there. So it, it automatically it, it's, it's definitely worth having, having an agent to represent you, whether you're buying or selling. Correct.
1: Yeah. And with, and in most areas, I know in Georgia, for sure, you don't, pay for an agent. you don't have to pay for your agent. The so the seller pays for the agent submission. The buyer does not pay for they, they don't pay their agent submission. If you're buying a home, you have you contract with an agent, they only get paid when you purchase a home and the seller pays that commission. So oh. it doesn't cost you anything to have an agent.
0: So that's even more reason to have mm-hmm. an agent as a buyer right there. So, yes. so so uh for all my LLs out there, um I hope I hope you're listening. So get an agent if you're buying a home. Yeah. And also on the on the multifamily side, never do anything without an agent either. Uh well uh, a broker in in this
1: case. Yeah. I was about not say, yeah, a broker or a lawyer, but you don't want to be out there on your
0: own. <laughs> No, it's a team sport. It's a team sport. Like the old adage says, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. <laughs> if you want to go far, go with the team. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Thank you for the question. So now we are going to move on into my favorite part of the podcast where we talk about what real estate does for us. So I want to ask you. What has real estate done for you and your family? Or what are you working towards that real estate can do for you and your family?
1: One thing real estate has done for me and my family is that it has allowed us a lot of freedom. Like I said before, I'm mean, by being more invested, like working with real estate and also investing in certain properties, just have one rental property right now. But it allowed has allowed my husband has been able to go full time with his own business. He was able to leave his job with the security that we're going to be okay. You know, can work through those little kinks, and he has gone full time. And we actually are working together because he has a landscape business and a cleanout uh, property cleanout business that he does. So I always tell my clients, "Say hey, you need some work done yard. If you need to get this ready to list, I have the person for you." So it has allowed us a lot of freedom, and that is the biggest goal.
0: Man, look at that. Look at that. Look at the power of real estate. Just providing <laughs> people freedom all over the place. Go ahead. Chase after your dreams. Yes. And uh, before before we get out of here, um, I want to ask if you had any advice for the audience, if they want to do what you do or any words of encouragement.
1: Yes. If you want to go on real estate, I would say, like anything else, do your research, find the best because you do have to go through classes. And the great part is that majority of them are online now. I know that they started doing a bunch of them online during COVID, and most of them have not switched back to in-person, so you can do, you can, they now offer both options. So you're able to do it online, go through your training, and just go in person to take your class. And most of it's just common sense. And I would say, just go for it. It's not an expensive thing to get your license. There are, most of the time, once you start Working with the um, different brokerages, you do have to pay fees for each transaction, you know, it's just as if anything else you work under them, so you have to give them a little cut, but it's worth it. It's worth it. I do believe. And I think that if you anyone that wants to become a real estate agent, I say go for it. And it takes most of the time. I want to say it takes about three months in most cases before you're able to take your test. So that's not a lot of time.
0: No, that's not a lot of time at all. That is not a lot of time. So go for it. Absolutely go for it. You know, if you you shoot for the moon, even if you miss, you'll still land among the stars.
1: Definitely.
0: Yes, ma'am. You already know. And um, before we have our our final closing, um, where can our audience reach you?
1: I can do um, I'm not super active on Instagram, but I'm working on that. So I'm gonna get that information to you later on. But also I'm on Facebook um, at Antoinette Brock. Um, and also on my website, it's antoinettebrock.kw.com. And that's A-N-T-I-O-N-E-T-T-E-B-R-O-C-K.kw.com.
0: Well, all right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it. You can reach Antoinette on Facebook or at AntoinetteBrock at kw.com. So go ahead and reach out and get all the information, pick her brain, and use her services. So go ahead and do that.
1: And also, I'm sorry, you can always shoot me an email anytime at Antoinette, A-N-T-I-O-N-E-T-T-E dot Brock, B-R-O-C-K, at kw.com so yes yeah, email me anytime as well
0: boom there you go that's another open invitation so yes. if, if you're sitting at home and you're you're wondering how to get started you already have a contact right there so go ahead and reach out even if you're already if you've already been doing this for a while, go ahead and reach out because networking is important and you can open many more doors by expanding your network. Because we all know at the end of the day, your network is your net worth. So go ahead and open some new doors and make some new contacts.
1: Definitely. And I am always I mean, if you just have a question. If you if you're studying for the exam and you have something I, and I can help, I'm here it's not all about making money it's all about everyone working together to get out to reach that common goal
0: absolutely 10 million percent so antoinette i want to thank you for for taking the time out of your day to to join the podcast and i know that the ll's and all the other real estate entrepreneurs have enjoyed this conversation and have enjoyed your input and and got to got a chance to to get to know you. So thank you and we appreciate you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You're absolutely and welcome.
1: Hopefully I'll be back one day soon.
0: Oh of course you are welcome <laughs> back anytime. Just let me know.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. And with that being said, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Lubari Real Estate Podcast. I love you all. I wish you well and be blessed. And we will see you next Tuesday.